0: we're here thanks for joining me uh on the final episode of the backbone zone for 2022 firstly uh merry christmas to everyone out there it's um the 30th of december 2022 so we're about to wrap up the year and um yeah just want to wish everyone merry christmas happy new year uh crazy year kind of feels like we're going back to normal a little bit but definitely really cool and i hope that everyone enjoyed their christmas if they got bmx bikes or parts or whatever that would that would have been sick i am currently on location i uh, just traveled up to Bundaberg in queensland and um yeah i or close to Bundaberg, i guess and just spending time with family over the christmas uh, new year break for those that listen overseas i don't know what it's like for you i have heard that in the u.s summer holidays is a thing and christmas isn't really a big uh holiday time but in australia it seems like everything sort of closes uh shuts down people go on holidays and and whatnot and that's what's been really cool i think just over this period i've kind of taken uh a little bit of a break all of a sudden i'm so tired i didn't realize how much i would just sleep if i've just got time to do that so that's been pretty cool and um barely barely brushed my teeth in a few days let alone put a shirt on i had to put a shirt on for this so excuse my raggedness but uh yeah just chilling but yeah like i said it's been really cool to want to check instagram or whatever just see what people are doing uh around the traps you know to be going on trips or maybe they're staying home and they got some time off i know my mate danny is um putting in work at the trails and no doubt a few other crew too uh i know that harley is one of the dudes that lives in canberra and he's uh, always putting in work so he's no doubt slogging it out at the trails again uh Yeah, I think um, the crazy thing, like I do big drives almost every Christmas to go see family because it's kind of the only time that I have to go and I'm sure most people are the same. But uh, traveling up to new places is fun for the skate park stops and I actually didn't do too many skate park stops this this uh trip up but I did get to ride the new Bundaberg skate park which is uh pretty cool. At first I was disappointed. I guess um there seems to be a bit of a theme with the amount of money that gets spent building skate parks these days, you know, like well over a million dollars, I would I would probably guess that the new Bundaberg Skate Park would cost and, you know, when you first get there, you can't help but be like, man, why do they build stuff so small? So, uh, I guess upon first arriving, I had that thought in my mind but I needed t- time, I guess, to reflect, to, ch- to remember one, I grew up in a town that didn't even have a skate park until I left, until well after I left. So if I had to got to that skate park, it would have been sick. And two, it kind of just makes you realize that you have to change that mindset. You know, I've, uh, my friend Russell Brindley, always says that he never has a bad time riding his bike and i think that's a really really powerful statement to have is to just realize that you know if you you've got time on your bike it shouldn't be that skate park's bad it should just change the your mindset you know like you can you can have a good time i've had plenty of good times just riding a gutter and you know, then I go to a million dollar skate park, and just because the quarter pipes are less than six foot tall, all of a sudden I'm you know super critical about it. And I think too, it speaks to your. I mean, maybe your your riding lifetime. If I was if I was eighteen to twenty four years old, it would have probably been a really. Uh, you know, you, you, you do all your tricks on the quarter pipes and you try and, you know, keep learning all your new stuff. But I think as you continue to ride over the decades, you do less of your tricks and you just look for something that would be a really fun setup to ride. But like I said, it comes down to having uh, the mindset of just, you know, taking what you have in front of you and having a good time. So I'm actually really excited to go back there to try and uh, look at it with not fresh eyes but a different perspective because I know that that's a shortcoming that I had while being there. And if anyone has ridden the original Bundaberg Skate Park, everyone will certainly say that that the new skate park is miles better. And um, I guess that be happy with what you got mindset and speaking of, of another one of my friends, um, you know, Rhys, who uh, I own the sh- I own Backbone with, he always says that's the good thing about trails because if you don't like it, you can always just build it to be what you like, and that often is not the case with skate parks. You know, once it's done, that's that's how it is, and there's been plenty of conversations about modding skate parks but it hasn't really happened yet in Canberra but we'll see but uh it's a few things to touch on I I wanted to touch on the Chris Moller podcast that was on our BMX if you haven't uh been listening or watching the our BMX podcast they're really good And Chris Moller's is always a standout for me. Um, I really like what he has to say in terms of industry stuff. It's just interesting to me to hear things from a different perspective. Obviously, Moller is a company owner of of, of S&M and FIT, and he's been doing this since like 1987, so 35 years, and I'm 36 years old, so he's been doing it for almost the entire time that i've been alive anyway it was just really interesting to hear him talk about how the industry dipped and he's you know sitting on a lot of stock and all that jazz but then also just saying about how bike shops need to do a better job of um i mean i'm i guess i'm paraphrasing but he essentially said that bike shops need to do a better job to make it so that BMX sells more in a time when the industry dips and I would love to talk to him more about that idea because I agree in some parts but in other parts disagree and I think that when the industry dips it obviously sucks and uh this is kind of where, I guess, if we have a brief history of the shop. So Backbone opened in 2005. So we've been running for 17 years now, uh, moving into our 18th year, 2023. Three, and um, you know, Riss Riss started the shop. He opened the shop in 2005 because he super passionate BMX rider, and he just wanted to, you know, continue to uh i guess live the bmx dream in some regard and he could tell the story way better than i can so i won't exactly um and i think we actually did it the origin story of backbone in one of the early podcasts so definitely go back and listen to the origin story i think it's maybe episode three but you know he um he's always done the shop and it's kind of the biggest thing about the shop is that it's been there to support the BMX scene. So, you know, Riss has always been one that has... He's wanted to sponsor a crew of riders. He's always wanted to help out with events and jams and whatever. And then as well as that, uh, help facilitate... You know, he's been building trails this entire time that he has had the shop. Uh And that's kind of where... We are at with the shop in terms of evolving. It always comes really naturally because we think about how the scene, the BMX scene in Australia, especially I guess, has to be supported. And um, for us, that's moved us through a lot of different ideas. You know, we've we've run obviously big events, small events, uh, sponsored riders. We do coaching now. And that's all, just because we see how to be a shop almost doesn't seem like it's enough, in a way. With BMX shops, you know, if uh, to to speak on, uh, say, with Mola, he was saying about how, uh, you know, I guess. He has said in the past about carrying a lot of S&M product and that's what would help to sell more s and and I 100% agree with that. But when um, when times get tough, it's harder to... Uh, you know, when you're on the front line... Lo- so the BMX shop is on the front line, right, of selling stuff. So... So if you have got a lot of places that are, let's say, carrying too much product, so that's what he was saying on the last podcast is that places were doing clearances on, on parts, but if if shops are slow and they're clearing product and your product is stocked in, let's just say, a thousand stores across the world, then that amount of product available at so many different places is going to dilute the power of what a store is doing and it's going to make everyone slower and sometimes it doesn't matter about how me- how hard a shop is working to build the scene because it comes down to the consumer and how cheap they are uh, you know how much they're willing to pay for their for their parts so in this day and age with the internet, it's crazy because, uh, you know, if you were to Google something to look for, say, you want the the next credence frame and you Google it, then it's going to come down to someone who has a very uh, deep set of morals to buy that frame from the shop that does more to support the scene than buying it from the place that has it cheaper and it's interesting just to think about that that uh, that I guess uh, facet of BMX shops is that we all compete against each other and, and I think that by having like Not have it not be a race to the bottom, so have it not be where the you know we just keep pricing ourselves out. uh, That would be a good way to sort of level the playing field, I guess. If you were to talk about shops doing well, is that if we all had pricing that was the same, then it would come down to what shop is more popular and the shop that you know there would be people that like what the blue groove are doing and there's people that like what lux are doing and there's people that like what backbone is doing and it would just make it you know i guess more um more fair in that way Mola was doing a, a really good job explaining everything i think in that unclicked podcast and again i would love to be able to speak with him further about this sort of stuff and um in no way shape or form am i uh having a go at him or anything like that i think it was really really interesting but it's just such a such a crazy time with the way the internet is and the way the race to the bottom is with products and and pricing and and whatnot and with him saying about how uh pricing goes up because of Uh, shipping and just other factors that make make products more expensive and I can't remember the exact numbers but let's just say a bike or not even a bike let's just say a frame that a couple of years ago in Australia was $750 now the most recent uh price of an s&m frame is over a thousand dollars so thousand fifty is i think some of the new black magic frames now if you were to i guess he does a really good job of explaining so moller does a really good job of explaining the way that things cost more money so like the way that things get shipped let's just say powder coating uh, and the dollar value and all that jazz has all made things increase. But if the consumer knew how much money things would need to increase to stay relative, they'd be pretty mind-blown because even though a few years ago an S&M frame was 750 now it's 1050 so a $300 increase, the amount of money... The amount of extra money that that frame costs now is pretty. Um, it doesn't reflect that three hundred dollar price increase. It's it, like the frame should probably be more like thirteen hundred dollars or something like that. But and that's not that's not Moeller's fault. That's not uh, a Distro's fault. It's not anyone's fault. It's just the way that the world is moving. But uh, sometimes. Being a shop, it is hard to increase your price that much when you your next step is the consumer. So we talk to the distributor, and yeah, we can be a little bit bummed that the because um, we the we are the customer of the distributor, and for us to complain to the distributor. It's not going to have as big of an impact to the distributor as if the consumer, uh, you know, complained to us about the pricing. So it's just really interesting to think about all that jazz. And to clarify, too, this isn't just a Chris Mahler problem. You know, pricing has gone up across the board with all brands so uh by me using chris as an example it's only because he spoke about it uh and by no means is he the only uh company with you know fit and snm that has price increases everything's gone up so just want to make that super super clear <laughs> i really hope that with uh you know people talking about life after covid and and the way that inflation and things like that is happening. I'm obviously uh, got my fingers crossed that we don't see this mega price increase of, of things. Um, yeah, really interesting. I would have never have even thought that I would be speaking on on that sort of stuff. I own a business with my mate and I'm doing the, <laughs> we're doing the very best that we can to understand uh, how to run a business really well and, you know, do a really good job or the very best job that we can for customers and and whatnot. But, yeah, it's just so crazy that you have to uh, be aware of of all these crazy things within the BMX world. You know, at the end of the day, we all ride bikes and we just want to make things to be as sick as possible for, for BMXers. But sometimes real shit happens like pricing going up but yeah anyway it's really interesting I'd love to talk to Mola about it uh just something that's been on my mind thinking about uh you know the words and the the conversation that Mola had so Chris if you're listening love to have you on the podcast mate but uh that just to wrap that up I guess um even from a shop perspective, regardless of how popular or unpopular Backbone is, Rhys and I are always going to do what we believe is important for BMX. And, um, you know, we think that the... The backbone of uh, any scene is the shop, and that's why we try and really support the scene in Australia and and now even worldwide. And um, yeah, we just try and do that by doing things that people can relate to, either locally with coaching and whatnot, or uh, worldwide by, I guess, putting out stuff like like this podcast. So yeah. Anyway. I um, appreciate you listening to that rant But To move on to my last little topic And what I thought was sick I just watched it uh, On the couch yesterday it was the Gary Young Forever Young Part that just came out through Odyssey So Gary's been riding for Odyssey for 20 years I think uh, And um, He just put out a video that's 11 minutes long And it's the sickest video I've seen in ages This is it on the screen if you're you're watching Um, Yeah, far out I've never seen anything like it Gary is just an absolute beast And um, for him to put out that much footage You know after so long and it's all he had so many bangers in there it's a must watch that's all i'm saying if you got time over this new year break and you haven't watched that yet definitely go ahead and watch it it's so sick and um i'll end it with this backbone is obviously going to continue to do what we've always done which is try and be you know the best uh the best we can be for 2023 I don't have any goals personally set uh, for 2023 apart from I just want to continue to ride as much as I can and spend time with my friends and enjoy BMX and enjoy life so if you've got any goals that I can draw inspiration from please leave it in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube otherwise Shoot us a message and uh, stay safe for New Year's. Appreciate everyone listening. The last um, however many episodes I've done, I bloody got sick a week before Christmas, and then Christmas happened, so uh, yeah, I had to skip out on a few weeks, but I'm back. Final one. Have a happy New Year. See you all in 2023. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe, all that jazz. See you later.